This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I'm Glenda Geek, founder of the Horse Radio Network. And I'm Mandy Flanders, host of the Leadline Podcast. You're listening to Horses in the Morning live from the American Horse Publications Conference in Lexington, Kentucky. For Friday, May 13th, Friday the 13th, guys, episode 2933. This episode is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. Good morning, horse world. Well, that's right. I have Mandy here with me, who is host of the Lead Line podcast here on the Horse Radio Network. Hi, Mandy. Hey, Glenn. It's so good to have you along today for the ride. We have a bunch of guests that are supposed to stop by today. Some of them hosts from the Horse Radio Network, some of them friends, some of people we don't know. So whoever sits down in the chairs across from us are going to uh, be on the show. And we have no agenda. It's improv day here at Horse Radio Network. But let's set the scene a little bit. We are in Lexington, Kentucky. We are at the Fancy Hotel. We're at the Marriott in Lexington, the Griffin Gate. And it's very nice here. They've remodeled it since I've been here last. And I've been to a couple of conferences here, but never stayed. And I don't know about you, Mandy, but they have comfortable beds here. We were just talking about that. The beds are great, and the water pressure in the showers is totally on par, and you've got to appreciate good water pressure. Yeah, anybody who lives on a farm appreciates good water pressure because we don't have that. <laughs> so true. And we, you know, I, I've been coming to Lexington for a long time, lived here for a long time, and I've stayed in some crappy hotels in Lexington over the years. This is not one of them. This is one of the nicer hotels. So American Horse Publications is journalists for the horse world. Basically, it's a group of uh, journalists for the horse world, all different kinds of journalists. They even let podcast hosts in here. I don't know why. Uh, but we're here too. Uh, so you have writers, you have independent uh, writers, you have writers or people that work for magazines, you have the editors, you have photographers, uh, you have bloggers. I mean, just all kinds of uh, people that are involved with American Horse Publications. About 200 of them are here this weekend for the conference. And they, they have sessions that are anywhere from how to book a guest to how to write better articles. They have sessions on English and, you know, writing properly. I will not be attending those to, because I'm not good. Nobody wants to see me write anything. And I'm not very good at English. So there's that. But what kinds of sessions are you looking for? Well, I saw there was one about events today. I thought that was a pretty good session. That's, that's right I'm up the, your alley. <laughs> I'm the events girl, so whenever I see someone talking about events, I think that's pretty awesome. You know, events were pretty quiet there for a couple of years, so I'm really excited to see, you know, things like the conference coming back and other events in general are really starting to pick back up after being off for a couple of years. And can I just say something, Mandy? You have to be one of the best-dressed people here all the time. Uh, you're always <laughs> looking so spiffy, and I am not. So we are like, uh, we, are, we are quite the combination here this morning. Well, you know, I work from home all the time. So when I'm at home, I usually sit in my sweatpants, no makeup, my hair's pulled up. I don't do any of that when I'm at the house. So when I get out, I'm like, all right, it is time. <laughs> I'm going I've, for it. <laughs> I got to pull out all the stops because I never do this at the house. <laughs> Mandy's bag must have weighed 100 pounds when she was flying here. It weighed 40. I made sure I, I had 10 pounds under, of free space to bring things home. home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I asked at the airport, I said, how much space do I have in my bag so I can bring things home from the conference? <laughs> so American Horse Publications is a really cool group. Uh, I started... 
maybe seven, eight years ago, when nobody knew what a podcast was and they were all kind of wondering why I was here. And now that's changed because most of these companies have podcasts now. So it's totally different on the podcasting front than it ever was in the past. But our first guest sitting here with us is somebody that you all are going to know because she's hosted on this show many, many times. Lisa Wysocki is here. Hi, Lisa. Good morning. Now, also book authors. Book authors I are here. That I forgot book authors. Lots of authors are here. My my newest book, The Mysterious Horse House, is up for an award tomorrow night. The what? The Mysterious Horse House. Tell me about that. It's a it's a young adult book that's been finding its audience with adults, and it's it's about a a young girl who uh, you know lives with um, her grandparents in a uh, cliff house, and mysterious things happen in the barn. Are there murders there too? No. Uh, you have no murders in no the book? No murders in this book. It's just amazing. Well, you, know? you can do it without <laughs> yeah. a murder? Yeah, and you know, I was talking to somebody last night, and, and if you go back through all of the Cat Enright books, I really have a hard time killing people. So I, they, they either like fall into a river or, you know, there's no like Nobody direct... loses their head. Well, one person kind of yeah, did. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but yeah. I have difficulty killing people. So, so. <laughs> That's great for a crime author. I know. <laughs> Good job there, Lisa. I know. You picked the right profession. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's an author with a conscience. Yeah. <laughs> so you said that you had an announcement, and you, she would, uh-huh. Mandy, yeah. vouch for me. She would not even tell me what it was. No. No, we asked what the deal was. She held up this uh, this yellow folder, and I, I don't know what's in this yellow folder, but she's like, <laughs> I'm not telling. And she just set the folder down on the table. So it's been sitting there very mysteriously. Yes. yes. We've been yes. looking at it. Yeah. Glenn, Glenn even, at I even teased him last night. So, you know, yeah, so, so anyway, so all of, all of the auditors and the listeners are very familiar with Colby's Army, the nonprofit that I run. And, and every year Colby's Army gives out some awards. And we are so excited to give the Horse Radio Network and the listeners and the auditors our fundraising partner of the year oh, award. Yay. Hey, look at that. So um, last year, uh, Horse Radio Network did two fundraisers for Colby's Army, did a, did a concert with Templeton Thompson in the summer, and uh, also a Christmas thing. And um, we raised uh, probably, I think it was close to $5,000 through all of the auditors and the listeners. And we are so grateful. And Glenn, I have to tell you, this came at a time when we really, really needed that, that, those, that funding. And um, I don't know that we'd be here without the, the auditors oh, and the listeners. Cry. <laughs> so so anyway, the Horse Radio Network and the auditors and the listeners are the Colby's Army fundraising partners of the year for 2021. We do have the best listeners in the we world. We do. We really yeah, do. Yeah. Yeah. There's Absolutely. no question about that. No. And you know, we're honored to uh, one of the highlights of our trip of the five weeks on the road was at your place. Oh, it was thanks. one of the highlights. Thanks. Oh, but first fun. of all, your place is beautiful there in Tennessee. Thank I mean, you. she's right above Nashville in the hills. I mean, everything's hills. hills. Yes. <laughs> <There>. <laughs> and you go over one hill and make a hard left and down this lane that just about killed our RV. Yeah. And then you end up at her place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the stream, and yeah. you said it was it was a Native American. Land. It was a Native American camping ground hundred years ago, two hundred years ago, and and we find arrowheads and all kinds of fun it's stuff. Such there. a cool setting. It's yeah, it's very it's very, a lot of history. And you do such great work. And we met the coolest people that you've helped along the way. Thank you. You know, yeah. I I've been bragging on you a lot lately about the work you guys do for the homeless mm-hmm. in Nashville. Kind of. T- remind everybody what you do for them. Yeah. So you have a therapeutic riding program, obviously, where you're helping a lot of people, but 
a lot of people don't know about the outreach you do. Yeah, so we, we do what's called street outreach. So we find people who are living in homelessness, and we refer them to uh, people who uh, can help them with housing and mental health and physical health services. Once they get housed, we provide post-housing supportive services. It includes um, providing furniture and helping them know where the gas station and the grocery store and all of that is. And then the idea is, once they're housed, then they come out and they start volunteering with Colby's Army, and they start riding in our therapeutic riding program. And our volunteer of the year and our rider of the year is Liz Mallard, who you know, um, and a lot of the listeners met her at the concert last summer. And Liz is formerly homeless for decades and has just totally turned her life around. She's just absolutely amazing. And she's in a house now. She's in a house and an apartment. She has great internet, which I don't. <laughs> <laughs> when she co-hosts horses in the morning, she goes to Liz's, yeah. which is kind of ironic. You're going to the ex-homeless person's house because she has better internet exactly. than you do. <laughs> This was great. She she's, was one of the highlights of our trip. She's just amazing. And yeah. so is everybody else we work with. And, and even our, our therapeutic riding participants who haven't been homeless, you know, are just awesome. So it's just, it's just fun. And then I get to write books at night and kill people. And it's, you know, it's, it's fun. <laughs> but conservatively. You don't conservatively. kill a lot of, you don't kill a lot of conservatively, people. Conservatively, <laughs> yes. And you have another distinction that we haven't talked about. And that is you live in, a, you know, these tiny houses have become a huge thing. Yeah. And uh, there's so many programs about tiny houses now. Yeah. It's incredible. You live in a tiny house. I live in a tiny house. Yeah. Yes. It's 220 square feet. And it's actually an old shed. It used to be a hair salon. And I found it on Craigslist of all places. And um, I love it. It's great. I'm, I'm it's no, cute. I don't think I want to live there forever. But for now... You know? And it's right beside the barn. So, it's right beside yeah. the barn. And so it's it's really awesome. And, and you really kind of figure out what's what's important and what's not. So, you know, as far as your stuff. So I have a shipping container and all my stuff is in the shipping container. But, you know, what, what you really need is not all that much. You know, we learned when we were on the road for five weeks in the RV that you don't need a lot of stuff. You don't need a lot of stuff. And, you know, we, we actually cleaned out the RV after that and are taking less stuff when we go now because we discovered all that stuff we packed we never I know, used. you don't use. <laughs> no, you don't it. use. And, and I have to say, this is changing the subject just a little bit, yeah. but uh, I was on the tour here at H, or, uh, HP yesterday and we went to all different kinds of uh, places. I have a new boyfriend. Who? American Pharaoh. Oh. I fell in love. I fell in love. Triple Crown there runner. There are so many jokes I could go with right no, now. I know. <laughs> I know. Really I know. Don't go there, Glenn. Back. Don't go there, Glenn. But I am totally smitten with this horse. So. <laughs> Mandy, you talk because yeah, yeah, I can't no. talk right now. <laughs> Well, yeah. tell us more about what you did on the tour because I didn't get to go. I was taking uh, three million flights to get here. Right, right, right. <laughs> That's the yeah. joke. I yeah, had to I just, take three I got flights. To drive. So, so we started at Keeneland and got to watch the morning works and do some shopping and all of that. That was great. And then we went to see um, Justify and American Pharaoh and Uncle Mo. Uncle Mo is a hoot. So he kind of like poses like a rock star and then he nudges his groom for treats. Then he like turns a little bit and he poses again. <laughs> Not just his groom, he gets some That's treats. Funny. Seriously, he, he's, got, he's got it down. Uh, we went to a, uh, a place that does um, rehab for horses, which was fascinating. We went to Hallway Feeds and saw these amazing um, machines that bag the feed and learned all about um, all of their shipping internationally. And um, uh, we went someplace else. Heather Wallace is here. And I, I can't remember where else did we go. We went, um, oh, we went to Rudin Riddle. That was fascinating. Rudin Riddle was the, uh, it's the veterinary hospital. They have 83 veterinarians there. And we got to watch a horse have ankle surgery. And we learned about horses who have root canals. Wow. You know, I mean. Who it knew? is a big place. It's, a, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. So it was a really great, fun, educational, exhausting trip. 
One of the things when we took our tour of Root and Riddle was how I know it's supposed to be clean, but you don't picture a you know veterinary hospital being spotless. When we were there, it was spotless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just crazy. It was awesome. So well, Lisa, anyway, thank congratulations you so much for our award. Congratulations! I like that fundraising partner of the year. Yes, Horse Radio so. Network, and on all our listeners, it was really them. Uh, that it did was all the, the listeners. Yep. Yes, so it includes all. They of them, did the heavy so. lifting. They're the ones that sent the Absolutely. money. Absolutely, and we are so so eternally grateful. Well, we're not so. done. We're yeah. going to do more of these. Yeah, awesome. So awesome. We'll look so, forward anyway. to it. Anyway, right. well, I'll see y'all later. All right, Bye. thanks, Lisa. Appreciate it. And we do have Heather Wallace here. Hi, Heather. Hi, Glenn. Jumping in here, I just wanted to mention that uh, Heather's mic was not working when we first started this interview. But anyway, we did ask her. We got it working after a bit, and we did ask her about her new book, and it's called Adulting with Horses. Well, I'm so glad you asked that, Mandy, and put me on the spot. Um, I have, the title has been in the works for a while. I've had the title in my mind. But when I was at the Horse World Expo in Pennsylvania, I was talking to all these readers when I was at Taperton Books. And I was telling everybody about Confessions of a Timid Writer. And I said, funny story, you know, it keeps going. And I have the second part to it. And if you ever want to know what happens with the thoroughbred, you know, I should probably write that. And so I went home and I made sure that that was written. So I just ducked my head, kept going. And then what, three months later, I was like, here it is. (laughs) It was super fast. And I was like, was this like a secret that you'd been holding from us for the past year? No, it was, you know me, I don't have secrets. I'm not capable of that. (laughs) I'm an open (laughs) book. No. And so the nice thing about the Confessions of a Timid Writer series is I do have the blog, The Timid Writer. And so I take for that, I take some of the content uh, from that's already written, and then I kind of transform it into book narrative chapters and things like that. And so it's very much a young adult up. It's not Dostoevsky. I always like to tell people, you know, it's supposed to be really relatable and for all ages um, to help them get some in, uh, confidence and just realize that, you know what, there's other people like me out there. So if you've ever wanted a pony and you didn't get one until you were 40, then maybe you should read the book and appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll know what I'm going through. But it's really helped me with my confidence. And Ferris makes a really good uh, heartthrob. He's my romance in it. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the highlight? What surprised you in the book when you were writing it? Um, I have a chapter that I call uh, Making Friends as an Adult is Really Hard. And I shared it with a couple of girlfriends that I've made since writing that chapter. And I said, is it okay if I use your stories, your names, and things like that? And they were like, oh, but you forgot this part. You forgot this part. And I realized I actually did make some amazing friends. And um, and why is that so hard? You think when we get to be adults, that would be easier. Well, peopling is hard in general. That's I mean, true. I think, yeah. and you know, you get to a certain age. I mean, I'm a very strong personality. And I think when you're in your 40s, you just realize some people like me, some people don't. It still hurts your feelings, but uh, you also get really busy. I, mean, I think that's part of it, especially when you have kids and, you know, all of that. So it just takes away from having any social life at all. Yeah. And yeah. I forget, you know, I forget to respond to people. So people will message me and I'll be doing my thing. And then three months later, I'll be like, oh, my God, we haven't seen each other in a while. And then I realize I've just been a really bad friend. And it's not that I don't love them. It's just that I've been so busy that I, I don't even come up for air I sometimes. I haven't heard from her in a year. How about you? <laughs> 
well, you know I, you're I lying there. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say too. I you were on my episode, my episode on the lead line where we did a special Friendsgiving special, yes. and we talked about this about how difficult it is to make friends as adults. And it's not like you just go, you meet somebody for the first time and you're like, oh, you like horses. Oh, I like horses. Cool. We should be friends. And I mean, maybe you were like that in the moment, but then you just kind of fall off. You don't go to lunch together every day or hang out at the barn every day. And it takes a lot more effort than when you're 15 years old at the barn being BFFs. I need low maintenance friends. I need friends that are be like, Heather loves me. She just doesn't talk to me all that often. And it's not personal. It's just, I think I do this with my friends too. I understand they've got a lot going on. And if I don't hear from them in a while, I don't take it personally. But isn't that what makes a, the difference between a true friend and an acquaintance? I really hope so. And, and I, is you can do that. Yeah. Like I have friends that I don't, you know, my best friend's Bob. And I talk to Bob maybe once every six months. And it's just like we, you know, we haven't had a gap. And then we'll talk every day for two weeks and then it's six months again, you know? So, and that's okay. You know, and and I think that's what makes really good friends, right? Yeah, it's the kind of people that you don't see for a while and then suddenly it's like you haven't missed a step, right? I mean, every time I see you guys, uh, you know, it's like we just saw each other a week ago. So it never changes. He's always the same. (laughs) No, I'm very predictable. I'm predictably unpredictable is what I am. That's true. That is true. (laughs) So what, what is AHP for you? Oh, well, so I don't know. If you're my friend's, I'm very concerned with connecting people. I love making connections. I kind of really enjoy talking to people and introducing people to each other. Um, Mandy, I'm like you in that way, although I don't make it my business. It's kind of a under-the-radar type thing. And so AHP has just been a wonderful way for me to make connections, meet other people who have similar interests. It has really opened doors for me, too, um, to you know, freelance write or to do things and learn. Um, but most of all, I think I take away the relationships and... And that is what I think AHP is for me, is the relationships you build with the people who really get you and you can learn from and potentially also learn from you. Um, I don't think every one person has what it takes. I think it's all about the community. Um, so that's what HP is for me, really. Is that my beauty pageant answer or what? Well, that was a beauty pageant answer. That was perfect. <laughs> but it's true. I really mean it. Uh, and, and all of my friends will say the same thing. You know, I have friends who are here today. They just joined AHP. And Heather's been telling me for three years to come here. Like, finally, let me introduce you to some people. You know, it's so funny because I talk to other podcasters outside the horse world. And they say, our conference is worth it. And I'm like, yes. I mean, you're doing this for the most part in your basement or your walk-in closet. How lonely is that? You should have other podcasting friends. And I thank God I did seven, eight years ago, because some of my best friends in the world right now are podcasters, not in the horse world, but just podcasters that I met. And we talk to each other all the time. I ask for advice. They ask for advice. And we, we have that relationship because it's lonely doing, you know, especially if people that just started working at home for the first time, they must be feeling that now because that's new, right? Uh, we always have. I mean, I've always worked from home. So for me, it's just the way it is, but I like getting out and seeing people. Yeah, you have to yeah. human, yeah. right? Every once in a while. Yeah, I mean, we're a bunch right. of introverts. A lot of times I'm a writer, so right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a, when my husband first started working from home, he's a very much an extrovert. I told him, I said, I have some advice for you. The first thing is get up, shower, and get dressed. Because if you wear your pajamas all day long, that's going to be your mindset. Do you know, it's funny when I record, when I do the shows, I have to have my shoes on because oh. I can't have slippers, I can't have bare feet. I have to have shoes. That makes me feel like I'm at work. Work, now we know what you're wearing under on. the table. That's all I have on. <laughs> <laughs> I that have and nothing shoes. else. <laughs> 
But it is true. It makes me feel like I'm at work. Right? Absolutely. Because that's my line is I would not go barefoot at, at the office. Right. Right. And having that space to go to in your home or your, right. your office. Right. My husband was working in a dinky little cave in the basement and he goes, I'm going to move upstairs. I said, that's a terrible idea because at least you have a room here and now you're next to the kitchen. But it actually made him feel great being in the sun and, and feeling like he was going into this nice little area. Um, I always had that. I carved out a spot in my living room the second COVID hit and I was like, here I am. Take it or leave it. You know, because I'm super shy. All right. You come to improv class later in the day, right? You know it. Right, Are you good. ready? I'm ready. Are you I'm sure? Ready. I'm ready. We're ready. Thank you, Heather. What's Thanks. the book again? Adulting with Horses. Where do they find it? So they can find it on timidrider.com, waterhorsepress.com, or on Amazon. She had waited all her life for this moment, dreaming about it since she was 10 years old. The trailer ramp touched the ground. He whinnied as she backed him out, swinging his head around to get a good look at his new home. His coat gleamed in the sun. Her love had arrived. She was breathless. He was beautiful. She could hardly wait to tack him up and start off on what she was sure would be the best times of her life. This love story is brought to you by Contribute, providing essential omega-3 fatty acids that help maintain low inflammation levels throughout your horse's body. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. Hi, Diana. Hi, you guys looking good. Yeah, here we are in Lexington, Kentucky. It's so exciting to see you both here enjoying the sun and the fun. I think Diana's been on this episode that we record from AHP every single time we've been here since the beginning (laughs) of us doing this. And Diana, you're obviously a photographer and you've been on the show many times talking about Olympics coverage and WAG and all, you know, just all of your travels and everything you've done in the horse world. But today you're here actually, actually doing TV again. Yes, yeah. I am. I'm so excited. I've done it in the past and I love it. You know, it's, I, I think it's the acting part. You know, I'm SAG after as well. So I do that part time, but I love speaking to people. But I also believe that as a journalist, you really are curious and you want to know more. So when you speak to people, you, you, you know, you listen to what they have to say and you learn more and find out more about the world around you. You know, I say that's what makes a good host is you're curious. Yes. If, you, if you're not curious about life or everything that you see, then you're probably not a good host. Yes. You know? and, yeah. And the Equus Television Network is a, sort of a new, I mean, it's two years, but growing in leaps and bounds. And, um, and so I'm the worldwide equestrian correspondent. So that really allows me a lot of leverage of speaking to who, Do they give you, you know, free trip, trips to like yeah, right, Japan exactly. and Australia? Well, I'm going to the world championships. It used to be the world equestrian games, but now it's the world championships because it's split into two places. So I'm going to Denmark with a camera assistant and it's going to be fun and we're going to do lots of interviews that will be international. Haven't you been to like every World Equestrian Games since it started? I've been to every World Equestrian Games, yes. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. (laughs) And nine Olympic Games and and probably every Pan Am Games and maybe a couple more because it's alternating. You know, World Equestrian Games, World Championships now, right? Then the Pan Am Games, then the Olympic Games. So where, is there a place... Is there a horse show you haven't seen that you've wanted to see? Wow. You know, I don't do that much anymore because of just what you said. I've practically been everywhere, small, large, you know, you name it, I've been to it. And so I don't know. I, I really, I think if anything, I've always loved international travel. 
And so those are the events I'd want to go to more because there's so many really big international shows in other countries, and that's my dream, I well, think. Well, badminton just ended, right? Yes, I mean, I've never been to badminton. Really? No. We haven't either. We're thinking that next year. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, definitely, because that's really what this is going to entail, you know, getting out there and doing things that are not just in the United States. So tell us about Equus Television. So what is it? What's it do? Equus Television is an online channel, and it really, the focus is, I mean, this is my love and dream about it, it focuses everything equine. So we want to do all the breeds, all the disciplines, we want to do things that are, you know, maybe in smaller areas, larger areas, we want to do the big stuff, the little stuff. It's going to take a little bit of time, but it's amazing how quickly we're growing. We're almost saying, you know, let's make sure that every step we do is really done well so that every time we go someplace like here, like you guys, right, we get to meet so many people and we want to make sure that we keep in touch with everybody. So that's basically what it is. It's a TV station. It really is 24 hours. You can just linear follow it and it's got sub channels. So if you want to narrow down into things you really love, like quarter horses or what have you, you can go down to the sub-channel, the on-demand channels, and, and view that as well. They do have a lot of Western, too, maybe. Well, that's good. <laughs> I'm wearing my Western hat today. You are. You're, you're representing the Western side. Everyone always assumes that I'm Western, too, which is based on how I dress. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so you I, dress Western. <laughs> Especially the outfit last night was definitely Western. That's true. That's yeah. true. Well, I noticed, Diana, there were some. There were several live feeds going here in the room. We've got a, You guys have a television set up here at the conference, and it looked like there were multiple live streams going, so... How many of those do you usually have going simultaneously? We always try to keep up to date on things. So some of them, we right now have somebody in Fort Worth, Texas, and then John, who is the CEO, and I are here in Lexington, Kentucky. And then we also have things that we've done previously. We keep the the current stuff on the top. When you go on the channel, you can see all the current stuff, and then it goes down further along the way. So, you know... I would say that every day we're adding something new. We did a lot of interviews with all the breed organizations while we've been here, so we're adding in those interviews. We do something called press releases that are video. So, you you know, you've seen them. You've seen the written ones. These we use and make them really, you know, three minutes long or four minutes long, and you kind of can get these blips of things happening anywhere because we convert them to something that people can watch if they have a little bit of time and kind of keep on top of what's happening throughout the mostly nation, but also the world. And I really do like that you guys are trying to unite the horse world. You're, you're, you're doing both English and Western, and really across the board. You yeah. know, I love that you bring that up, because we are not trying to step on anybody's toes. We really want to work together with everybody. So when we do something that maybe comes out from you guys or something else, we make sure that we link it back so people can get back to, you know, to the horse radio network or wherever it is that we're talking about because we want to have a collaboration. I think that in the horse world, we need to learn to unite because we can all help each other. Well, we have to, or we're not going to be around. Yes, I agree. Well, you're, you're, you know, you're thinking sort of the Olympic Games, right? Things can happen pretty strategically if we don't sort of take this and look forward to a positive and a gathering, you know, a communal type thing. 
Where is the next Olympus? France again, right? The next Olympic is 2024 in France. And I assume you'll be there. I am planning to, <laughs> you know, you never know. But I, this year I'm going to Denmark for the world championships there. And there's four different disciplines happening there because they broke, broke them up into two. And then Pertoni, Italy is doing the driving and the eventing. Show jumping and dressage are going to be in Denmark and vaulting and para. So that's very cool. Yeah, it is. It is cool. You know, I when I do travel international, I dream of myself. I remember myself when I was six year old, and I was it was my birthday, and they had a cake out there, and my mom said, "Well, what do you want?" And I said, "I want to travel the world." And you did, and I have <laughs> over thirty countries, probably over forty by now. But <laughs> Diana and I have talked about this in the past when we covered Wags. Um, one of the sports that surprised me the most that I enjoyed and didn't expect to was vaulting. I just loved vaulting. And, and it was partly because it's such a relaxed atmosphere and it was usually in the air conditioning and it was hot. So it would, you could go in there and you could relax and watch vaulters yeah, all exactly. afternoon and it was comfy. <laughs> it was, yeah. yes. I just, and they're athletes. Oh my God. Unbelievable, right? The things they do on a horse. But Glenn, I want to interrupt and I want to ask a little bit about the Horse Radio Network. Could you tell me a little bit about your beginning and stuff? You know, I know it's your show, but you know, I want to oh, cross examination. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> exactly. I, wasn't expecting, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> so it was in 2008 we started Stable Scoop Show, one show. We, we started the network with one show. So it was the Stable Scoop Show, it was a weekly podcast. And then I think uh, Dressage Show came next, and then Eventing was in there. Uh, we also did the World Equestrian Games. That's when I met you. We did the World Equestrian Games show for the 2010 Games here in Lexington, and we lived here at the time. So we, one of the reasons we moved to Lexington in, uh, two years ahead of the Games was we wanted to do a show for the Games. So we made friends with Dr. Lyons over at uh, Alltech, yes. who we miss, you know, rest yes. in peace. Um, and we just covered the games. Samantha Clark and I did the whole thing for the two years leading up to the games and then covered everything at the games. And then we did that again in 2018, but that's where we met, I think was back yes. in 2010 yes. for the games. Um, and we, then I thought right after the games were over, I really wanted to do a daily show. I really wanted to, I really wanted to do a morning drive radio show, but I knew that getting in the radio was impossible and radio was kind of going away at some point it was going to be tough business so i said well let's just start our own and it, we didn't have the technology for it back then it was hard to do live uh, it was just a mess and uh but we did it jamie i met jamie you know i put out a call that's how i met jamie on facebook which was new back then too and we had 80 people respond and we picked jamie and look three thousand episodes later we're still doing it but yeah so that was how horses in the morning started right after the world equestrian games in 2010 uh, we knew we had to wait because we had to get that over and it was november 1st so talk about throwing everything in at once the games had just ended and we started horses in the morning which was a a technological challenge back then plus you know we had to teach people how to listen that was the other thing but, uh, but, you know, it's obviously paid off. It, you know, it's, it's the longest running. This is the longest running daily podcast now in the world. Uh, so, you know, we're still here doing it after all this time. You want to know something? I think you just shared something that all of your listeners are going to love because they probably know that you're around but don't know the complete story, and you gave the story. Yeah, and, you know, it was lucky to find Jamie when we did. Uh, it, you know, she was the 80... We had people try out. We've told this story, but a lot of listeners don't know this. We put a Facebook post, but we had the, the prospective hosts call into our voicemail line and leave a voicemail. 
So we, my wife and I got a bottle of wine out one night and we went through 81 voicemails. Wow. And she was the last one. <laughs> and we hadn't picked anybody at that point. It was like, we had a couple that were, were perspectives, uh, but then we got to the 81st and I said, that's it, I'm calling her. And I <laughs> called her right then. <laughs> and got her husband, she was away. So I got her husband, he was like, who are you? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> he had no idea. And I didn't know that they had just gotten married. Uh, but then we arranged a call on a Saturday night. I'll never forget it. And I was at a show or something, and I called her, and, and I said, yeah, she's the one. So, uh, and, you know, it's unusual, too, with talent. And I ran an acting company for 10 years, so I know a little bit about working with eccentric talent. Um, it was unusual to have talent for that long hang around, you know? And the fact that we're all still together, and a lot of the hosts, Reese over and Philip over on the Dressage Show are eight or nine years, so a lot of our hosts have been around forever. Wow, yeah. So we're very proud of that, that they've, they've stuck around and that we have longevity in so many of the shows. The Dressage Show is 10 years. Uh, so that's a long time for a podcast. Yeah, I think we have such a passion. I mean, anybody that does this, I know I did it when I was working at the Hampton Classic. I did live broadcasting for WVBH, the Hampton Station. And I just loved it, you know. And so when this opportunity came up, it was such a perfect fit. Because now that I've traveled so many years in the horse world, I also can connect with a lot of people that, you know, that we can open doors for and get, you know, help them with the Equus Television Network. And they help us by sharing, you know, we want people to know about us. And more and more people are knowing about us every day. Well, and this is a small world. It's funny, we were sitting at dinner last night talking about relationships that we, some of us have made 10 years ago. And now they're just coming around. You're starting to do business with that person or work with that person in some way. But we met each other 10 years ago and have been seeing each other every year. It's just, it's all timing. And, you know, it's, it is a small world, even though there's 10 million people in it, you know, exactly. uh, in the horse world. And Mandy's our, one of our newest hosts now and with the Leadline podcast. And we're excited for all the new people that are getting into podcasting uh, because it really is broadening. We can't, we can't reach everybody. So we're, we're excited about all the horse podcasts that are out there that are really doing a good job and bringing pe- new listeners in because we all need that. Yeah. You know, we, we, we need that help bringing new listeners in. But you're also the leaders. Horse Radio Network is definitely the leader. I mean, when I think of the podcast, it's going to be Horse Radio Network. Yeah, and Horses in the Morning is kind of the leader of all yes, of those. Yes, exactly. You know? But it is a daily show, too. I mean, we've been doing it for 3,000 episodes, so we should be, right? I mean, we're not. There's, there's a problem there. You, you've earned that. Yeah, yeah you've earned your keep, <laughs> yes. There's kind of not a lot of those out there. But but it's a lot of work, too. People don't realize how much podcasting is work podcasting yeah. is. We, we say that there's 8 to 10 hours of pre- and post-production for every hour we're on the air. And they don't believe you, but it's true. Well, yeah. they believe you when they start podcasting. Yeah, that's they're right. like, oh no, Glenn was right. They find out it is a little bit of work. <laughs> Diana, thank you for joining us today. And as always, thank you, thank you for being on the show with us a hundred times over the years. It's, <laughs> it's been a joy to work with you. And you've been a reason that we're still here too, because you introduced us to a lot of people in the beginning that didn't know what a podcast was and was like, oh, who's that guy? Um, he's loud and obnoxious. You know? <laughs> uh, but then they find out that that's actually my job. You know, we all have to help each other. And I think when people start to trust any of us, then they do know that, you know, the best thing you can do is sort of network and speak to them and find out who they know, then trust. And, and you are somebody that I really trust and love. Thank you, Diana. Appreciate it. Uh, apparently a session just got out because the room got crowded. We're in the media center here. And there's a lot of people in here now. And they're lined up to talk to us here, Mandy. 
There, yeah, we had a line last <laughs> after our last guest. We had a line waiting to jump in, so we gearing up and we're going to work around the room noise. Well, we have a guest that's been on the show before. Her name is Shelly Paulson. She's a photographer, but I have you on for a specific reason, is you had a real adventure last Tuesday. Tell us about it. Yeah, well, I came early before the conference to do some photography, and the friend that I came to stay with is an equine chiropractor who works on Rich Strike, the recent Kentucky Derby winner. So, just about as soon as I walked in the door, I asked her if she knew them. And yes, they are five minutes down the road. They're good friends. And of course, I asked if I could take photos of Rich Strike. And she says, oh, I think that would be a, no problem. And she reached out to find out, you know, when we could be going over there and if it would be okay. And they said, yes. And then I had to wait Weren't 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> we specifically went in the evening so that... The, all the media and everybody would have had a chance to get through. But, yeah, when we drove in, there were police cars at the entrances, and our names had to be on a list. And it was very a very VIP kind of experience. And ha- so what did you do? Did you have them pose with, like, outfits? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we put funny hats on yeah. his head, <laughs> mint julep in one hoof. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it was actually, there was, there was a, I didn't know what to expect. Couldn't we take him outside? Is it a beautiful property? And we get there and it's like he can be in front of his stall. He can be in front of his stall or he can be in this one aisle over here. I mean, very. And I understand now, you know, especially when they took him out and he was a little wild. Okay. Was he biting you and eating? He was not biting. (laughs) He didn't bite anybody, but he was very worked up. And, you know, he just won a major race. And I think he knew that. Yeah. Well, and, he was a million eight richer too. Oh, so, exactly. Yeah, he was yeah. like, I can do what I want because I'm vacation. I'm rich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my goal during the day, as I was kind of pre-thinking about it, was could I show this horse in a different light? You know, all we've seen is you know him biting the outrider and him biting the outrider's horse, and that's bad PR. Are we trying right? to show him not being a dinosaur. I, I yeah. wanted to show him not being a monster. Yeah. <laughs> and there was this moment where he was just in his stall after we'd had him out for some pictures, and and the tra- the owner's daughter was there with us, and she said, "That's the Richie we know." That soft expression. That's and so I immediately took my camera, zoomed into his eye. And caught that soft expression because that's the horse they know, not this kind of wild animal that was on the track. And and then I shared these photos like that night on social media, and it's gone viral, the most viral post I've ever had. And so many of the comments were, oh, it's so nice to see him like this. Oh, it's so nice to see him getting a chiropractic adjustment and being calm and not biting people. And, you know, it's so mission accomplished that people were able to see him in a positive light. Let's talk about that a little bit, because Donna Brothers was here last night. Donna Brothers, of course, is the one on the track with the microphone trying to get interviews right after the races when the jockeys can barely speak. So I admire her, because yeah. that's a tough interview. <laughs> yeah. Um, or they talk too much, or they say things they shouldn't. You know, it's, she's got a tough job for NBC. She she's been there, what what'd she say, 28 years or something? It's a long time. Mm-hmm. What She talked about this whole incident last night. What did you get out of what she said? Um. One of the things that I learned when I was there is that he's kind of a dis- different horse since the Derby. And so, so listening. So really did go to his head. <laughs> yeah, well, so listening to her talk about him and then what I saw and what, what they were saying, you know, I understand why they're scratching, why they scratched or didn't enter the um, preakness. Because I don't think the horse is mentally recovered 
yet from the church the the derby experience and I really admire them for making the decision that was right for the horse because what I saw you know he had his quiet moments but he also had his stallion you know excitement moments and I mean there's just nothing more admirable than somebody who puts the horse first his handler too who you saw there I forget his name a little something uh what is his, his groom yes his groom little I didn't get to meet his like his normal groom. I, I kind of had the after hours groom. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because so I didn't get to meet him. groom apparently does very well and yeah. also has said, you know, he has his moments, but he was never been like that. You know, it yeah. surprised everybody. Well, and what, one of the things I heard was, you know, he looked at that outrider horse as another horse to beat. You know, he was in this adrenaline hormone, you know, and he was still in the race. Yeah. And it was like, get out of my way. I'm still winning here. Yeah. And so that made sense to me too. But yeah, he wasn't biting anyone. You know, he was just, you know, throwing his head around, you know, doing stallion things. I'm around stallions. This is how and, they act. And he's not the first feisty winner of the Kentucky Derby that we've had over the years. <laughs> right. You know, even Secretariat was supposed to be a handful. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So it was, so being able to capture the softer side and, and really help the owners and the trainers and his people with some positive PR. Like, I didn't want to just go take pictures to make myself famous, right? As a photographer, I wanted to go and have a purpose to serve them and serve this horse well. So Mandy, Mandy does a business show. And I think there's a business lesson here, too. Yeah. You know where I'm going with this, probably, is you asked and they said yes when you probably thought there's no way in hell I'm getting them to say yes. Right. Well, that's the question that's been in my mind is, did you show up to Lexington with the attention of asking your friend who you know had the connections to go meet this horse? No. (laughs) But when she talked about how strong the connections were, then I asked. And honestly, on this trip, I've been doing a lot more asking in general. And even before that, just realizing that you can't get a yes answer if you don't even ask the question. And, and, you know, my business is a lot of, like, licensing stock photos, and so I don't generally shoot things I can't sell. But I said to her, I go, I don't care if I can't use these images. The social media clout that this will give me and the exposure to my business, plus the personal joy and pleasure of photographing a Kentucky Derby winner, like, four days after the win, that's enough payment for me. Yeah. So it was a different purpose for me as a business owner. Absolutely. Yeah. And but again, it, it, that's a good lesson. It is yeah. a great lesson. Never yeah. assume you know the answer. Right. Exactly. Just go for it. If they say no, well, then, you, you know, have you, don't, you have nothing to lose. Yeah, exactly. nobody. And even when, when it, she said, yeah, let me check into it, I tried to keep my expectations reasonable and just not overthink it and whatever. And if it was, you know, even during the day, they might have emailed her, called her and said, oh, we have to cancel, you know, something's come up. And so until we were in the car on the way to the farm, I still kind of didn't believe it and didn't tell, I told my very closest friends and that was it. I didn't tell, I didn't sneak peek it on social media because I, you know, I just, it still seemed like it might not happen. Where can people see the pictures? Uh, They can go to my, um, probably the best would be my uh, Facebook page, which is just facebook.com slash Shelly Paulson Photography. Because that's where I was able to put most, more photos because you can do the vertical and the horizontal. Um, Instagram, I had to crop them and all that. And there's so many amazing comments on Facebook. Facebook, because of its shareability, was really where it took off. And, and 
you know, if there was a nasty comment about horse racing, I just deleted all those. So it's a very positive. Uh, <laughs> it's funny post. how that happens. Yeah. So there's there's just a lot of great interaction. I mean, it's been hard to keep up with it, but that's a really great problem to have. Absolutely, Shelley. It's always yeah. fun talking to you and having you on the show. She's never asked to photograph us. Why is that? <laughs> I guess we're not photogenic. I enough. guess we're not. <laughs> I think that's it. I could I could remedy that with my phone right yeah. now. <laughs> Thank you, Shelley. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. See you. And next up, go ahead and grab the mic there. Thank you. Is Jillian, right? Julianne. Julianne Neal, yeah. Neal. And Jillian, what do you do? Well, right now I'm into podcasting, and so that's why I'm so excited to speak with you and Mandy this morning. Um, so what's your show? Well, I have a couple of different ones. I'm right now working on Winnie Tales, and I'm very proud Winnie that we're... Winnie Tales? Winnie Tales is horse stories, pony legends, and unicorn yarns, and we talk about the work of Bruce Anderson and some of the things that we have going on in Camden, South Carolina, and we're up for one of the awards, finalist for the podcast award, and um, I'm also doing the Mustang Discovery. Ride podcast. We're well, in the middle of that. Okay, so we had you guys on with the Muskang Discovery Ride at the beginning, but I yes. haven't gotten an update. So just remind every, give the Reader's Digest of what it is and then where we're at. Definitely. And I just, it's good timing. I just came off the ride. Um, we started, Lisanne Fear started with a team of guest riders and other Mustang folks in Delaware at Cape Henlopen State Park in September. And she's made it through about half, a third of the ride, I would say. We've gone through Maryland, um, West Virginia, Ohio, and have made it just across from Kentucky into Illinois, and we'll be continuing along with Lisa Dearson, and you're the using executive quarter, director. And you're using Mustangs. Using Mustangs. These are Mustangs that she has trained. They were in the wild a year ago or, or two years ago or whatever, and she has a string. They're three horses and one mule, actually, mule stang. And so um, it's all to raise awareness about the plight of the Mustangs and to inspire adoption. So 5,000 miles, 5,000 Mustangs. How's and, it going? Um, it's going great. Has I mean, there been any naughty ones? Oh, always naughty <laughs> ones. I mean, what are you talking about? The mule actually, I, I think, has Mustangs, been the hardest. The yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 But no, Chileno is, is Lisanne's um, chief, chief horse for the ride. He's the head, head honcho, and he trucks along. The rest of us are jogging to keep up. <laughs> really. And I'm doing the documentary and a docu-series, so we're doing state-by-state state across the country. What's the podcast called for that one? It's the Mustang Discovery Ride Podcast. And we also have a vodcast. It's on our, our YouTube channel, too. So JA Media Productions YouTube channel carries that. But the podcast itself is on all the directories, so you can find us on iHeartRadio or iTunes, Google Podcast, that sort of thing. All right, I, I so, put that yeah. down. So it's MustangDiscoveryRidePodcast.com. Yeah, right. yeah. And we're telling side stories along the way, too, because we're following the American Discovery Trail, which I had never even heard of when we started all of this, but it's the only non-motorized trail that crosses the country east to west. We've and, talked to many people who've done the cross-country ride, but they've mm -hmm. done it on roads. And yes, And there's always yes. death-defying stories with that. Well, in this, too, I mean, we just crossed a ferry, and the horses were not real sure about that metal ramp up onto the ferry we just crossed at Caven Rock. Um, but there, I mean, there's a lot of them went swimming on the way. No, no, okay, no not on that anyway. I mean, they might swim, but no, they didn't do the ferry part. Um, but yeah, Somebody it's, it's been edge. exciting. I wasn't sure now. There was a little bit, a little few minutes there I wasn't too sure about. But, um, but it's been exciting. But now there are roadways, and 
uh, as a guest rider, if you come in and you're not used to that, you could put your, you know, semis flying yeah, by. Yeah, people aren't real not considerate really. when it comes yeah, to that stuff. It, no, you know, but I, honestly, the, the folks that Lisanne has met along the way, she's doing the whole ride, and the folks she's met along the way are the reason that she can do it. Because when you don't know where you're going to eat or sleep that night, and you're stopping at somebody's door and knocking and saying, hey, I got four four Mustangs, can we camp in your yard? I mean, that's that's it takes a lot of courage to do what she's doing. But it really does. What? 99% of Americans are friendly and polite and helpful and want to help others. You are right. Yeah. But now, if you listen to the podcast, We'll explain about the one percent that's not too. So most of them are fantastic. Though. Could you really do it, Mandy? Could you do that ride across the country, relying on staying at people's houses? Oh, probably not. And I do a lot of traveling, but I I like to travel on airplanes and in cars. Yeah. And I love riding. Don't get me wrong, yeah, but yeah. I. I don't know. After so many hours in the saddle, yeah, my knees are just done. That's a long done. time for your ass to be in the saddle. That <laughs> is a long time. Well, I was going to say, even just the half day for me the other day, I'm a little bit sore sitting down this morning. <laughs> so I, I don't. I, all admiration goes to those guys. Well, thank you very much. It's MustangDiscoveryRidePodcast.com. And yours is again? We're Winnie Tales. Winnie Horse Tales. Stories, Pony Legends, Unicorn Yarns. And we're starting a new one. Jackie Gladue is saddle fitter. And we're getting ready to start the Glad You, Glad you Ride podcast. Well, and welcome so, to the podcast world. Thank you. All I right. really appreciate talking to you. All right. Thanks a Nice bunch. to see you all today. All right. And next up, we have some people. Now, I only have one mic. So one of you has to be the representative here. So uh, come on in. So we met these ladies. Oh, look at this. They're getting cozy. They're <laughs> going to share. So what are your first names again? I'm Connie. I'm Allison. Connie and Allison. So we're at, so Mandy, we're at uh, WESA in Denver, right? Yeah. yeah. We're at WESA in Denver, and they, at the, which is the trade show there. And at Denver, where they used to have it, it's kind of a big building, but it's kind of dark in places. It's kind of like where we are now in the corner. It's kind of dark. And we always go around and meet all the new vendors. And we interview them and talk about their products. And then my wife and I, after we're done, go, we, we have this bad thing we do. And I'm going to confess. We predict which companies are going to make it and don't make it. Because we've been doing this 26 trade shows. And we've seen a lot of companies come and go. And we usually can guess whether they're going to make it or not. These two, we said, yep, they're going to make it. But it was for a specific reason, is that they're going to be too stubborn to quit. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that with these two. So tell us about your company. You're still here, what, we're three, four years later? Yeah, now we, you have to be right up close to the mic. Yes, we're still here. For, well, we just celebrated our fourth birthday. And uh, actually, at WISA, we won most innovative products, so that should have been a good sign, I guess, yeah. our, first, our first year in business. So, yeah, four years later, we're still here, and we're the founders of Red and Gold Equestrian, which is a coverall that we reinvented for women and for riders. And you started with, really, that one product, and yep. now you've expanded out. You're actually wearing some of your new products yes, today. We Tell are. us about some of your new stuff. So, we started with our insulated winter one-piece, and then we went into our rain gear, which is just a shell. Um, that's completely waterproof. And now we have tops and bottoms. So we do all three different types of riding shirts and then two different types of britches. And they're jogger waistline. So like that's what's really fun about it. It's different than all the other britches out there. It still has a running goat spin on it. So we just made it better than the other britches. Okay, so say the name, sh say it slowly so people can get what it is. It's riding goat equestrian. And I made fun of you for the name because we were trying to figure out what the hell it meant. Well, Allison can tell you about that. <laughs> um, naming our 
brand was one of the hardest things we've ever done, as I'm sure most people who own a business uh, would probably say the same thing about their experience. Um, but we were just, I was just like in the depths of like Googling and internet research when I came across the word. Um, and it's a, an old French derivative of the English phrase riding coat. And I was like, oh, yeah, oh, okay, yeah. reading goat. Um, it's, yeah. a, it's a cool word. It's unique. It's something that people would remember, but it's also very relevant to exactly what we're doing, which is reinventing the riding coat. Did you imagine them trying to type it into Google and getting the spelling <laughs> correct? <laughs> We've heard a lot of variations yeah, on the theme, um, but it is reading goat okay, is you how you say it. The one rule that Mandy and I would tell you running a business, right? Is that make your <laughs> name simple and easy to spell. <laughs> well, just sound it out. It's actually spelled exactly the way that it sounds. Goat. I mean, the end. I guess you could get it confused with like the actual an animal goat. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you really wanted to get complicated, <laughs> well, I suppose no, that's that could really happen. Because greatest of all time, you know. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That yes. is true. Yes. Well, for those out there listening, it is R E D I N G O T E equestrian.com. And they have some great products. And the fact that you're still here is a testament to that, by the way. Well, thank you. And your stubbornness, probably. I've tried on one of their winter suits uh, at Equine Affair actually last year because you guys had a booth and I was there as well. So that's where I met both of you for the first time. Yes. And you were all decked out in those winter suits, which was awesome. Yep. You really stood out They're from everybody comfy, just right? walking around. Yeah, it was awesome. It's like a personal sleep. Bag and she lives in upstate New York. In. She needs one of them. I really do need one. Honestly, yeah. I was trying to lose a few pounds before I invested uh. in one. <laughs> so I'm like waiting for this next winter season. <laughs> well, we've got a lot plans. of fun new stuff coming out. Some new outerwear pieces that you haven't seen before. So Ooh. be sure to check back in the fall. So now you know you need to make them adjustable and you'll make more sales because she was waiting. <laughs> How many other women are waiting to buy it? So now they need to be adjustable. You need to figure that out. No, they are well worth the money, though. They are so warm. And being outside, I know there's a lot of talk around like riding skirts for winter. You've definitely seen those with some riders. I'm not really a riding skirt person. I want the whole outfit to yeah. keep warm. Yeah. So I love what you guys did. Yeah, and it, it's great, too, because like we spend a lot of money on our riding clothes or like even the clothes that we work in for the barn. And this just helps protect all of that, too. So you just throw it over your britches and a long sleeve and it keeps you clean, warm and dry. And I read some of your reviews. One of the things I'm always concerned about when I visit a company. Oh, God. I'm scared of your question. <laughs> when I visit a company for the first time at a show. And I was in retail for a lot of years, too. So we were used to buying things, right? So we've been to the, I've probably been to 35 trade shows and seen a lot of products come and go. One of the things you worry about when you're interviewing somebody with a new product is longevity. How is the longevity going to be? Because we don't have that yet. But when I read some of your reviews, people are really saying that these things hold up. Yeah. And that's a testament to the company and your longevity. Because if they didn't, you wouldn't be sitting at this table today. Right. Yeah, we still have, um, we still personally have pieces that were like our original prototypes. And like, they're still kicking. <laughs> now, they might smell bad. I mean, you know, after all that time. They wash really nice. <laughs> and we say, too, like, we work really hard as horsewomen. So we want our outerwear just to work just as hard. So, what was you guys? Let's ask a business question here. Ooh, I like it. Okay, <laughs> you guys came in right before COVID. All right, I mean, uh, we, I met you in 2018 or 2019, 2019. And, and then you're a year later, and we have this. You, first of all, you must have, like the rest of us, had a heart attack imagining what <laughs> life was going to be like, you know, in the sales department. Yeah. Um, but what was it like for a new company coming into a very tough year that turned out well for a lot of companies? So. 
Yeah, it it was definitely tricky, um, especially being being a new business, um, figuring out. Obviously, there were massive supply chain issues, um, delays. Um, you know, the manufacturing piece of it was definitely one of the hardest parts for us. Um, and then too, just not knowing what things were going to look like. Like, what did the landscape look like? And we um, we really were, were nervous about what that, you know, what the market was going to do and it ended up exceeding our expectations and, you know, propelled us forward in a lot of ways. And, you know, we kind of just said, we got to go with the flow and see where this takes us and figure it out. <laughs> well, you couldn't go to any trade shows, which is how I met you. And it sounds like that's how Glenn met you also. So you couldn't do any trade shows because there weren't any in mm-hmm. 2020. And very few came back in 2021 as well. Yes at least for the first half of the year. So what did you lean into to promote your brand when you couldn't go to the live events? I think we, a lot of our, our sponsored riders or even our current customers, they were home a lot and it, it was during the winter months. So them posting just how they wear the, how they wear the suit or how they like riding goat have really helped us. So like, just like our customers out there, and our sponsored riders, like, we owe a big thank you to because they shared their stories and we got to see them, like, on what they do in daily life in Redding Goat. And it, like, really helped us. So we just want to thank all the customers and our sponsored riders on that. What is that's it? It cool. always comes back to word of mouth, doesn't it? Yep. yep. I was just going to say that's the cool thing about the horse community in general, I think, is everyone just wants to be really helpful. And it's it's so communal. Everyone shares, you know, what they know and what they learn. And um, I think word of mouth, uh, you know, when people find something they're passionate about. They really want to share it. And so we, we appreciate that so much. Well, I'm just glad you guys are still around. So congratulations. You made it past the terrible threes, which in business, if you make it past the third year, you're more than likely going to make it. So that third year is always the one you have to get past. Uh, it's seven years in marriage, three years in business. So Thank how you many so years have you been married, Mandy? Uh, I have to do the math. I think this is year nine. Oh, well, you're good. Yeah, you made it yeah. past seven. You're fine. <laughs> How many years have you been married? I've been married going on 11 this summer. Oh, you made yeah. it past, so you're good. You're good. No more seven-year-ish <laughs> for me. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, what's the website? Readinggoatequestrian.com. Your horse showing signs of nervousness, inflammation, pain, or digestive issues? If so, American Harvest products might be the solution you need. The Montana-based company develops the highest quality hemp products and offers a line specifically for horses, including their equine hemp-derived pellets. American Harvest's pellets are vet-formulated and produced from natural hemp. The pelleted formula is manufactured with a potent raw CBD using no chemical processing, so your horse will love the taste as much as you'll love the results. Look for the full line of American Harvest products at your local equine shop. Any Hubbard dealer right here in Lexington is where they are are located and all all over the Midwest or at store.alltech.com. That's store.alltech.com. And every month, American Harvest is offering an exclusive giveaway for you, our listeners. One lucky winner will receive a free 90-day supply of American Harvest equine products. Check out today's show notes and uh, for details and also for the link on how to enter. Next up, we have an old co-host of the show. Her name is Sarah. You might have recognized her from the Horse Illustrated episode. And then all of a sudden, she disappeared. 
two months ago. But Sarah's here today. Hi, Sarah. Hi, I'm so glad to be back on the show. Thank you for having me. We never really announced what happened to Sarah because at the time we couldn't. But you're you have an exciting new post. Tell us about it. Yes, I'm the new marketing and communications director at the United States Pony Clubs. Well, congratulations! I've been there about five weeks, so it's been a whirlwind already. Congratulations! You know, I kind of knew about it and when it was in the works, and then when mm-hmm. you got the job, and I was so excited because Jennifer was a pony clubber. And uh, it's just such a great organization. So what's a transition like that like? I know the first week you probably didn't know what was going on. It's like, oh, the, the, the learning curve. You know, I'm trying to absorb so much all at once. But uh, it's been great. The staff's been really helpful. And everybody's just such a great team. And I get to be back in an office, which I really like. And okay. uh, so that's And that's nice. right here. And, the office for the Pony Club's right here at the Horse Park. Yes. So yes. They have a nice office here. Yes, and so, you know, and then within a few weeks of starting, we covered uh, Land Rover and had a booth out at the event, and uh, more than, it seemed like more than half of the competitors in the five-star were former Pony Club alum, like either through the U.S. or through other countries, and... and it's got to be interesting, you know, we've talked about a lot of, about business on the show today, but it's got to be interesting when you're walking into a position as marketing director, right? Mm. Uh at an organization that's been around for <laughs> like a thousand years, uh, and just learning everything—it's—it's it, gonna—it's gonna take a while in a position like that. It, it is, but I—I I love learning new things, and uh, I, I'm just in, amazed at the amount of information that these kids learn. Like you should see our manuals—they're oh, the manuals like are three huge. three inches thick, and there's several different levels, and they learn all the horse management things and and test and do certifications and it's it's just amazing how much they absorb and learn and it's really well we're we're the largest educational organization in the horse industry so um and and you guys I just can't uh, imagine learning I mean, all that we had a uh, we had one of your riders on here this week uh, little Kira, who, oh, who is yes. 12 years she's old, so and she's a trip, and she's she's Pony Club, and she's going to Nationals, and very excited about it. When you get to go to Nationals as a 12-year-old, as a Pony Clubber, you get excited, because Nationals is it. You yeah. Are, that's, your, that's your goal, is to get to Nationals. Yep, and I'll be at the Champs East in Tryon in July, and then our other one is at the beginning of the month in California. I don't get to travel to that one. But uh, I'm looking forward to East, and I've never been to Tryon, so that'll oh, be... Oh, yeah, you'll yeah. love Tryon. Tryon's yeah. a cool place. Were um, you, did they have a pony club where you grew up? Yes, they did. I didn't know about it. Yeah. <laughs> did they have a 4 Yes. Yeah. yeah, I live in a very rural place in upstate New York, so I wasn't heavily involved. My parents were more like, here's the horse, figure it out. So yeah. I didn't have yeah. to like, group involved. That's how mine were. Yeah. Yeah. I just kind of got thrown in, and, and I still don't really know what they have in the area for, for communities, uh, you know, groups like that. Mm-hmm. I know there's a 4-H, but I never was involved in it just because I didn't get thrown in as a kid. I think it, a lot of times if the parents don't know about it and, you know, if the riding instructor isn't promoting it or teaching about all the different facets of the horse industry. Like, when I was little, I really didn't understand all the different facets of the horse industry, and I really wish I had because, you know, they're – to be able to choose your path. Do you want to go down a specific breed? And, you know, eventually... And I think that's what Pony Club gives them because there's so... And now Western. There's mm-hmm. Pony Club Western side, yes. which they didn't have before. So it was all English at one time. Well, now we've got 15 disciplines. We've right. got competitive but disciplines and resources. Right? Yeah. To get, to get exposed to all those different things, which is great because, mm. you know, they might not like dressage. They might not like eventing, but they're going to like some of the Western disciplines. It's... 
Yeah, and down the road we'll be um, talking with different people that uh, cross-train and go across different disciplines and um, how that's helpful. And I kind of find it neat to just try all the different things. So, I wonder how many kids, this is an interesting question, I wonder how many kids get pigeonholed into something because it's the barn they went to and they happen to teach hunters or they happen to teach jumpers. Raising my hand here. And you never try anything else. Right. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. like when you grow up in a family that doesn't expose you to all of the different things and opportunities that are out there for you. You you kind of just land in whatever it is that your family does. Right. right. If they were football players, you're going to be playing football in exactly. high school. Yeah. Yeah. Which exactly. Which I don't know where my 10-year-old gets his music ability because neither <laughs> me or my husband do piano, but when he picked up piano, it was just like he could listen to a song Sometimes it play. skips a generation. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Uh, well, my mom did play, but... Um, yeah, trying to get kids to try so many different things and, and find their passions in life. I do think that pet parents, we're way <laughs> off topic now, but I do think yeah. that parents are better at that now than they were when my parents were parents. It's like they had four kids, they both worked, you had no time mm-hmm. for that crap. You know, you figure it out. It was that way. It was, you go figure it out. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, my parents, my mom specifically, did try to introduce me to some different activities when I was Mm -hmm. a kid. But one thing that I wish we'd done a little bit different is, for example, I took ballet and gymnastic lessons when I was a child. And one day, I didn't feel like going. So my mom said, okay. And we stopped the lessons. And looking back at it, and I'm like, I, I think... There was no, actually a good lesson for me to learn yeah. there, <laughs> like commitment, but it was a couple different instances. And another, I had a cat growing up and I got tired of cleaning the litter box. She said, okay, we're going to give the cat away. So when I didn't uh, like something, we quit. Is that well, you're a spoiled brat now? <laughs> <laughs> Glenn likes to pick on me. <laughs> no, but I work, I work really hard and I stick to things now, but I look back and I look at those lessons that I learned mm. from my childhood and that there were definitely things I should have been encouraged to continue doing even though they were difficult and I didn't feel like doing them one day because yeah. it was really just a feeling and we all have those yeah. days where we don't feel but like doing something. Today, somebody. I don't feel like doing a show, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm just hoping if, if every kid out there could find the passion, um, their one passion, like I feel for the horse industry and horses, if every kid found that, like, the world would be a better place. And I'm sure one of your missions in the job that you have over mm-hmm. there is increasing membership, right, is increasing the number of kids that are participating. And that's tough right now. Every organization, every association, whether it's breed or whatever, is having a tough time getting kids involved in horses. So is one of your goals more outreach and trying to get more kids? Yes. And there'll be different ways we can tackle it and things like that. But just trying to reach outside the horse industry, too. And, And I don't know. I challenge anybody that owns horses and loves horses. How can you bring someone new in and how can you just share your love and share your activity with someone new who might all of a sudden find that they love it? So there's. Well, congratulations. Thank you. I'm I'm very proud of you. Thank you very much. United States Pony Club. That's where you'll find her now. And that's why she's not doing the Horse Illustrated episode anymore. But Holly's here. We'll get to see Holly at some point. And we do have a podcast. The Pony Club has podcasts. What's it called? The Pony Club Podcast. Podcast. Yes. Okay. Very straightforward. (laughs) And I haven't gotten to release an episode yet, but that's upcoming. And I get to work on the magazine and and all the different media sources and things like that. So All right. I'm going to put that down. Pony Club Podcast for people to go check it out. Are you going to be hosting it eventually? Yes. Oh. Yes, and we have a new you have experience co- with that now. Yeah. Thank you very much. You've your shown me the ropes. Your co-host won't be as good, though. Yeah. Your new well, co-host won't be as good as your old one. 
Not yeah. sure who the co-host is going to be yeah. yet. So okay. find out. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Well, that's it. We've run out of people that have stopped by. We're all done. The room's so quiet now. We're <laughs> sitting here oh, alone. Oh, wait a minute. We have one more we have to talk to. Come on over here. Sit down, sit down, sit down. Yeah, so we're not done yet. <laughs> another voice you hear regularly once a month here on the show is the Sidelines episode with Jan. Hi, Jan. Hi, how are you doing? Good. I think we kind of talked you into doing that show, didn't we? Oh, I think so. I think it was at the last <laughs> HP conference. The one in Texas. The one in Texas. Yes. I said, you really need to do an episode once a month. I've been trying to get sidelines to do an episode, though, in, in fairness, for like 10 years. Yeah. 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 Well, good thing I'm we... just the, the, the annoying guy that keeps going, hey, 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 over <laughs> he here. You did the same things to me. It's yeah. Okay. <laughs> and now you're here all the time. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> it does work. Eventually, you just have to give in because you get sick of him asking. Exactly. <laughs> Such a pain in the my, ass. My husband's like that, too. He'll just keep asking and asking and asking. And finally, I'm just like, all right, yes. So I'm fine. like your annoying second husband? <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, you're my work yeah. husband, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jan, have you gotten feedback from the show, from the Sidelines episode? Yeah. I know you hear from people. Yeah, they yeah. love it. Yeah, because you give me a shout-out for my birthday yeah. and on um, the Horse Radio was Network. It, it and, was Wednesday, I think. Yeah, and, or, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I don't what know, it was last week, week or something. Yeah. I don't know when it was. And um, you and a couple people called me. Oh, really? And somebody texted me. <laughs> um, but that was your show. So, But yeah. yes, on our show, there's a lot of people have listened, and they really like it. And then um, a couple people... It texted Brittany, who is the co- our co-host. She's terrific. Yeah. yeah. And um, one of them lived in Utah, and Brittany used to live in Utah, so they wanted to like meet up, but she didn't live there anymore. So, but yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting. You guys have done the magazine forever, mm-hmm. but we always say that podcasting, and this has come up a couple times in the conference here last night, podcasting is an intimate, much more intimate mm-hmm. experience when you're listening than when you're reading a magazine right. or any reading anything. Books are kind of intimate, too, because you spend so much time with them. Right. But podcasting is probably the most intimate because they're, when you have voices in your head and you're listening to it through headphones or earbuds, it's, it's very personal, right? It is. Yeah. And you become, you, you become friends with the host even though they don't know you. Right. It's true. It's true. I actually, when I threw my networking mixer for the first time last fall, I had people come up to me and they they said, you don't know me, but it's so cool to meet you. It's so awesome to meet you. And I've never had that happen before. I'm a new (laughs) podcaster. So I was like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's very intimate for them. You become their friends. Now, especially in the case of like Jamie and I have been doing this for 10, 12 years, right? So we're 3,000 episodes in their ears. Right. So we're really and daily, so we're really kind of their best right. friends. Um, but it's that way, I don't care how often you do this show. With your show, too, it was interesting because we had listeners trying to figure out, it's part of Horses in the Morning, of course, but we had listeners trying to fig- that didn't know Sidelines Magazine and didn't know what type it was because your show was a little different. It was much more lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And um, they, it took them a couple episodes to figure it out. And then I would hear from uh, our focus group that said, okay, now I get it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because you get more into the lifestyle of the people you interview than than their record. Well, we don't do anything like that. Right. We don't do, um, I mean, if they won something huge, we're going to talk about it in one sentence, right. but that's it. Um, and it's about their lifestyle. It's like what they're doing now, but then we immediately go back to how'd you start? You know, was that first pony? or was that first horse? How'd you start? And then all the way up again till now. We always compare it to it's like a credible people magazine mm-hmm. of, the, yeah. of the horse world. Yeah. I always put credible. Credible. That's, <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do compare it to also um, because it's just lifestyle stories. But then again, we're not like the plush lifestyle thing where you're, it's a spread of your 
house your, in there. Yeah, your mansion. Yeah, 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 it's just this on you and what you're doing in the horse world. And yeah. I like because you ask the questions that nobody else asks, and that's why those articles are really good. Right. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. It's and, like you just had a revelation about your own magazine. Yeah, I did. I <laughs> I'm going to call it the Credible People Magazine. <laughs> then we'll probably get sued by People yeah, Magazine. Exactly. <laughs> Even though we've been calling ourselves the People Magazine of the horse world for a long time. <laughs> and you're in a people you're in a people area, Wellington. So yeah. you're, kind of, you're located down there. Except your co-host is in what? Colorado. Well, but we're not in, really in Wellington. I mean, we started, we started in, in Wellington. We started in Wellington. And so when I started, I think you were kind of known for that in the beginning. In the beginning, yeah. but we're national now. Yeah. Um, and all of our uh, people, like even our writers, our salespeople, our photographers, we're all over the United States. Right. Um, Brittany's where? Colorado. In, no, she's in Wa- Spokane Valley, Washington. Oh, that's so right. far up in the corner yeah, as you can go. You guys are two opposite You're ends. You're two opposite ends, yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm in Tennessee now. So I had a horse farm in Wellington for a long time. Then I moved to Asheville, North Carolina, and now I'm in Tennessee. And you moved to some cool places. Yeah, I live in a golf cool court too. resort now. Yeah, <laughs> Asheville's cool too. What part of Tennessee? Uh, it's called Crossville. It's right between Nashville and Knoxville. Okay. So it's in the middle between the two. I feel Kinda. like I need to go spend some time in Tennessee now because we've had a couple of guests here today that have, are, that are from Tennessee, and I don't, I haven't spent a lot of time in Tennessee. Yeah. I've actually been in Knoxville, but I've never been in Nashville. Nashville's the best. So I need so, to come visit y'all down there. Yeah, yeah, Nashville's yeah you can cool. come. You would like. We'll Nashville. meet you in Nashville. You I have just, the right clothing for Nashville. Oh, good. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm well prepared. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we go to Nashville and we just go to this Broadway Street and just do that little four corners of. The, all the bars and music. You just listen to music and it's like Luke Bryan and Jason Aldean and Big and Rich and Florida Georgia Line. So I really like country music. So, yeah. yeah. And then we go home. <laughs> we've liked everywhere we've gone in that Chattanooga. Uh, mm-hmm. We've been so many different places in Tennessee that we just liked them all. Yeah. We really did. Yeah. Um, and I we go to Knoxville a lot because it's um, an hour, it's only an hour away, but it's a time change. So when you... <laughs> It's. I'm still yeah, not good that, at time there is changes. A line there. Yeah. What happens if you live? Your half your house is on one and half on the other. What do you do then? You move. I, you, you move. move. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. Stay you there. don't stay there. That's too complicated for me. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm in the living room, <laughs> and it's noon. Yeah. So what time is it in the back in the kitchen? <laughs> yeah. Because I have so every time when we get ready to do the podcast. I can't wrap my head around it. I'm yeah, like, we always have time? to tell her, uh, yeah. you know, what time it is. One of my favorite. I just replayed it not long ago. Some new listeners. Heard it for the first time. We one of my favorite shows was from Graceland. Oh, uh, we went down yeah. to and we did the show in the barn at Graceland. That's live, so cool. And that was one of my favorite shows that we've ever done. Yeah, uh, it just was cool to talk about Elvis's horses. And, yeah, you know, we had we had Priscilla Presley on the cover a few years back, um, and her whole story was you know her the whole story was really about him and well, yeah, the horses. She grew up riding with you know in the back of her dad on the Palominos yeah. there at the property. He used to he used to gallop from the barn down to the gate because there were always people at the gate. Yeah, and he used to like show off at the gate. He used to rear. Yeah, he used to turn around and run back, and he used to love to show off the horses when people were at the gate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a, yeah. We had her on the cover. It was great. Did yeah. you see there's a new movie coming out, a new Elvis movie? Yes. Yeah. I saw that. I want to see that. that. I do want to yeah. see it, too. You know, even if you're... I wasn't even a huge Elvis fan, but being there and getting kind of the private tour of the house uh-huh. and the barns, and then we had the lady on who took care of Elvis's horses when he was alive. Oh, wow. And she had been there for years, so she told... It was an hour and a half for her just telling stories. So, And they're crazy. And Elvis was a little eccentric, so there were some crazy stories. Yeah. But it was his space. He went out to the barn, and, and you knew when Elvis went to the barn, you didn't follow him. And huh. he always had 
the the posse there at the house, yeah. and they would know that was his quiet time. And when he cool. went to the barn, he hung out with the horses, and that was his quiet time. And you had to be invited to go to the barn. If, and he didn't invite you, you never went to the barn. Huh. Who's playing Elvis in this new movie? Oh, I don't even know. All I know is my grandpa's a huge Elvis fan. I grew up hearing him talk about Elvis all the time. Probably went I, to the concerts when he was live. I kind yeah. of want to take him to this movie, and I don't know when he would have been to the movies last. I don't think he's gone to the movies in years. I'll have to ask him. But I'm also kind of afraid that this Elvis movie is going to be a little risque for my grandpa, <laughs> and I don't know how comfortable he's going to be without. Yeah. You have to sit in the row behind him. Yeah. So it's not weird. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Well, um, in the Elvis in in the movie Walk the Line, remember with yes. uh, it was the story of Johnny Cash. Yes. Um, there's a quick scene where there's the young Elvis Presley. That was my cousin Tyler Hilton played that role. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. But he doesn't look like Elvis. But I guess he looks more like the younger one. They slicked his hair back. Anyway, he's a singer, but he doesn't sing Elvis music. <laughs> well, we appreciate. We hope you're enjoying doing the show with us once a month. And yeah, we, I we love, love it. having you uh, sidelines involved. Uh, and thank you for stopping by this morning. Sure. We need to wrap this up, though, because we're running out of time. Uh, Mandy, thank you for co-hosting. Where can they find your show? I'm at theleadlinepodcast.com. That's my website. But you can find The Lead Line on any major podcast player as well as the Horse Radio Network app. And, of course, where do they find the sidelines? Uh, www.sidelinesmagazine.com is our um, website. You can go on there and look for us and then all social media channels. And we'll be back Monday morning. Jamie and I will be here as usual with a brand new episode of Horses in the Morning from our studios. Thank you all for joining us. We appreciate it. Horsesinthemorning.com. Take care, everybody.